0: Hi everyone, before we jump in, I want to share an opportunity for you to submit your Appalachian Trail story, whether it's a day hike, a through hike, a section hike, or anything in between, for a special upcoming episode that's going to be made in collaboration with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. We'd love to hear your memories from the AT and the significance of the trail in your off-trail life. That memory could have happened a month ago or 40 years ago. Learn more and share a voice submission by heading to she explores.com slash podcast. Okay, on with the show. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. What, what does refuge mean for you this summer?
1: Refuge for me this summer, it continues to mean connection. Um, that in the midst of everything going on that we are still connected people and being in the outdoors is a form of connection. And I say connection to the people, but connection to the land and the the more than human world, as some people refer to our animal family, non-human animal family. So it's really about connection. It's
0: all about connection. This is Siobhan Powell, founder of Refuge Outdoor Festival, a three-day camping experience geared towards people of color. The inaugural festival took place outside Seattle in 2018. This isn't your typical camping experience. There are guided outdoor activities, workshops, community talks, and live music. For Siobhan, refuge means connection and community. It means creating a safer space. I know many of you listening take refuge in the outdoors. And some of us take the freedom and the safety we feel on the trail, the water, and in the backcountry for granted. I'm going to speak just for myself here, but as a white woman, I've never had to think about my safety in the outdoors in terms of the color of my skin. As an able-bodied person, I've never had to think about whether a trail is accessible to me. And as a thin person, I've never had someone assume I can't reach a mountaintop because of my body size. Siobhan is creating an environment where it's possible for more people of color to find refuge and community in the outdoors. And as we'll hear in the episode, it is so needed. As refuge has evolved over the last two years, what is your answer to the who the festival is, is for?
1: The festival is really for... People of color, BIPOC, you know, Black, Indigenous, people of color. It's really centering those folks. And then allies are welcome as long as you kind of agree with our tenants and know that you might be called out on stuff. But it's it's for people that are already into the outdoors, be it if they work or just love the outdoors or if you've never step foot on a trail before, it's for all of those people
0: as well. I asked Siobhan how she's been creating community in her life during the pandemic and the 2020 Black Lives Matter movement.
1: I have a group of really amazing friends here in Seattle that we have been going on a camping trip together for almost nine years. um, And this is the first year that we're unable to go Mm -hmm. together um, because there's like 20 of us that go on this camping trip. And for the last few years, I've been bringing (laughs) and making biscuits Mm -hmm. every summer, you know, biscuits and gravy, something, some variation of biscuits and something, but I usually burn them. So (laughs) I made a joke that this year, instead of me burning biscuits, I'll just make you some biscuits from scratch. So I may, I've i been making a bunch of biscuits um, and scones and delivering them to friends as a way to stay connected and to stay in community. And it's been fun. It's also been become a sort of exchange. <laughs> I've uh, gotten to people and they're like, here's this big pan, I won't use it, but you do all this baking, maybe you'll use a pan for something and it's actually become this great <laughs> pan that I can freeze the items in on this flat, big flat tray. People have gifted me food and other things and it's just been really just awesome to be connected with my friends and community in that way.
0: The back and forth connection is integral to Siobhan's work and personal life. We'll hear more on that, but first, I had to know. I like to bake, and I definitely like eating baked goods. What kind of scones do you make? I have been making chocolate chip scones, um, and
1: they're not too sweet, and they're pretty... They're It's a recipe I really like now, so I've made one small tweak and <laughs> taken the cinnamon <laughs> out of it, but other than that, it's like just a really good scone recipe.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, I definitely gravitate towards the chocolate as well, so... <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another point of connection for Siobhan is a weekly series called Sunday Sermon. Could you describe the Sunday Sermon? And also, maybe you want to spell out Sunday for this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um that's another way that I feel like I've been making connections is um last year I created in partnership with Washington State Parks Sunday Sermon a celebration of black folks and Sunday is actually S U N D A E like mm-hmm. ice cream and we had an ice cream vendor or actually donated someone donated ice cream to the event. We wanted to keep the name even though we're not outside together eating ice cream. I'm encouraging people to Grab their ice cream and come and celebrate Black folks, and it's um it's turned it from a one day event to an online series. So every other Sunday, pretty much, we are curating events um, centering on different things of celebrating within the Black community. So we celebrated joy for their first event. And we're going to be celebrating women and activism and all these sort of things. And we bring in art, uh, folks that are in nature. I actually am going out to record our women's event mm-hmm. <laughs> on Wednesday. Um, so we do a mix of pre-recorded and live content. Um, and I'm meeting uh, Electric Cellis. She's going to be performing in the woods for us. Mm. Uh, uh, some Black Women that are bird watchers, Um, we're gonna do a bird walk and um, also some basics of bird watching. And a few ladies from Girl Trek, um, which is the nation's largest movement for black women's health. Mm. Um, And they'll be doing a virtual walk and having a trail talk as well. And then we'll be sharing all that content and some
0: other live pieces online where do you find people for for these like how what does your process look like in terms of like thinking about the mix of of people that you bring together along a theme a
1: lot of it has been just the community that I've made here in Seattle the last 3 or 4 years um between refuge and I've been walking with Girl Trek for Three or four years. So before Refuge, I was already a Girl Trek. I'm a Girl Trek member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is one of the communities I'm already involved in. And then just like trying to do a deep dive into the internet and find, you know, different folks that are doing amazing things out there. Or, you know, I know this one person and they know this other person because we were in a conversation and they're like, Siobhan, you might want to connect with this person. Um, So it's a lot of personal connections, really, and just searching people out and reaching out and saying, like, I'm doing this thing. Would you be interested in participating?
0: Siobhan's energized by creating new experiences for people, and that excitement is multiplied when she's creating special spaces for her Black community and people of color.
1: My background is in corporate events, um, but on a side of corporate events where none look the same because I've worked for so many different clients and I get extremely bored if something <laughs> is the same <laughs> after two years. I'm like, and I would like to toss this all up <laughs> and rework it. So like the fact that I'm able to do that with Sunday sermon every week and like, you know, mixing it up differently, but also with Refuge, there were a number of things we were going to change with Refuge this year, um, not going from our core of what we actually do, but just creating a different experience and building on the things that we've learned over the last two years. So... Even though I'm sad that it won't happen in person, I am excited to mix it up by bringing it online in my brain. That's where I go. I actually weirdly don't like logistics. <laughs> <laughs> I know that a lot of people think, oh, event planner, she loves logistics. I kind of don't like the details. I do them because that's part of what what an event planner does, (laughs) but I like the strategy and the building of community, the building of the experience, um, more so than the details of like how it actually has to happen. Uh,
0: but I, I do them all. (laughs) Do you, do you think a lot about how people are going to feel when they're there?
1: Mostly. (laughs) Like how do how do people feel how will they engage with something how will they find those the people that they want to engage with after an event just all those little connection the connection pieces is always big for me so that's that like how will you feel how are you safe and you know refuge is mm-hmm. all about safer spaces um, because those have not been prioritized when it comes to especially things like festivals and nature so that's that's where my mind is always is like how are we safe and protected how are we feeling supported how are we feeling connected healed and in whole you know refuge got started from a source a place of healing first and foremost and um so i just that's how i take on creating refuge is is that healing that connection
0: when you think about it, like, what do you specifically love about bringing people and especially people of color together in the outdoors? Joy. There's just a different sense of joy that you see on people's
1: face. right? Like, right from the moment that people get on site, people are just smiling and happy and just elated to be in a space that's centering them. Like a lot of us that have been in the outdoors either working in the outdoors or just engaging in the outdoors have heard so many negative things, so many things that are contrary to who we are and how we live in the world. So to come into a space that is centering and uplifting you, there's just a completely different feeling. And you see that on people's face and you see that in the connections and the, the conversations and the meal sharing and the dancing with the the native american group or dancing to the you know the band that's playing you just
0: see it in all interactions do you i know you're probably really busy you know when you are in person at at the past refuge outdoor festival but do you get a chance to experience some of that joy too
1: um (laughs) i will (laughs) say that i'm working on getting to experience some of that joy But the the funny thing is every for the last two years, we've had silent discos every night. And so literally it's the one place I'm able to let my hair down and grab the headphones and dance for a bit and just be in community and connected on the dance floor with people. The team knows my goal is to get to a place that I am not (laughs) doing all of that stuff so that I can create a moment of refuge for myself Mm -hmm. during the events and you know that could be like just like being able to have an hour to go to a workshop that I thought was really cool or go hang out by the water um, and not just have those moments in the evening when I'm already (laughs) extremely exhausted but I might as well dance it out. (laughs) That sounds like a very
0: good goal or kind of I mean I'm I'm like skipping way ahead but would you like there to be more than one refuge outdoor festival in a year, or is is the one flagship event the kind of right number for you and like what feels possible?
1: Yeah, um, being that we are getting, I am, and you know, I talk about the team. Um, the team consists of a community advisory board. Which is comprised of some amazing folks that have participated in the festival in some capacity for the last two years, um, and they help um, lead some of the more strategic pieces. Um, and then I like there's a virtual assistant that works um, with with me on on all of my things. So as the team expands, we are looking to bring this to other folks' backyard, essentially. Mm. Refuge is never meant to be this one thing, this you had to fly to Seattle to attend. The first two years were really a testing ground to see if people were even interested in refuge. And then last year we had like 20 people fly in from California mm. and people fly from Texas and D.C. and all these places. Um, So this year, 2020, was supposed to be our expansion year Mm -hmm. to New Market, to Oakland area and Atlanta area um, because we want it to be, one, not everybody has the resources to get on a plane. Not everybody has the resources to have all the gear to get on the plane. Mm. (laughs) So um, all of those things, we wanted to make it more accessible for more people. And because refuge is about engagement and, and ongoing engagement, we want you to be connected in your own area so that it's not just the one weekend and you make friends and then you never see them again until next year. It's like How do you make connections in your own community so it's not another year till you Mm. get out again? It's the next weekend because you have that community that you're connected to and you can feel safe going out with other people if that's what you need. But also you just have that community. I think it's amazing that people fly in for the festival and I'm grateful. And I think it's really cool that one of the attendees here told me that she went to Oakland for a work trip and ran into a girl that she met at Refuge at a (laughs) coffee shop.
0: I'm
1: sorry, what? (laughs) She was like, yeah, I ran into, I can't remember her name, their names right now, but um, she was like, I ran into her at a coffee shop when I was there for work. I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) But that also shows how small um, the world is. Mm. And, that's the beautiful piece about refuge that you are connected in that way that you can run into someone randomly on this trip.
0: Yeah, that's really, really cool. And those two cities sound like perfect locations for the future. So that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, I can't wait till we can get out together again and make it happen in those cities as well. And I think that the fun thing about it is Refuge is about community, how those will look different than the one that's here.
0: We'll talk about how Refuge Outdoor Festival looks a bit different this year and how you can attend from anywhere after this. Peak Sense makes gentle, plant-based skincare products to help everyone look and feel their best, indoors and out. And this summer, it's become a part of my daily routine. I have rosacea, a skin condition that causes considerable redness and inflammation on my face. I've had it since I was a teenager, but every time I have a flare-up and that familiar warmth spreads across my skin, the discomfort reminds me of being a shy kid. I've really embraced Peaksense plant-based skincare products because they don't irritate my skin or trigger flare-ups. In the morning, I use the Power Repair series, and at night, I use the Organic Rose Phyto series. Both are gentle enough that I've even cut back on the concealer and powder that I was wearing to cover up my face. Not because the rosacea has totally gone away or that makeup can't still be fun. It's because my skin's been really soft and it's felt nice and cared for. Get 20% off your first purchase of PeakSense affordable plant-based skincare by heading to peaksense.com and using code EXPLORE20 at checkout. That's P-E-A-K-S-C-E-N-T-S dot com and code EXPLORE20 at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase of any Peaksense plant-based skincare products. I love listening to podcasts on my walks, Death, Sex, and Money, Fresh Air, and underneath it all to name a few. And it's been easier than ever to tune in on the move with Raycon earbuds. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. I can be a slow adapter of technology, but I love the Raycon wireless earbuds right away. They came in a beautiful little charging case and are so easy to connect to your phone. Mine fit nice and snug and stay in whether I'm running, hiking, or walking. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash explore. That's buyrayco dot com slash explore for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash explore. We're back. Where where were you when you realized that, and I'm sure it wasn't a, a, an exact, like, it happened in a moment realization, but when you settled on the fact that you probably weren't going to be able to create the kind of in-person festival that you'd hope to create this year? It's been a
1: process. <laughs> it's really been a process. I think we've lived so many different eras of this pandemic I say the interesting thing is like the Tiger King era of pandemic was so much easier times. And I was still thinking, you know, that was probably March or so, um, still thinking that we could potentially be outside together again. So it took me all the way until realistically last month to be like, it's not actually going to be feasible because if refuge is about safer experiences, I can't put anyone in danger of catching COVID, Um, especially that we know that it's disproportionately affecting people of color. Mm. Um, And it was, you know, it was a little bit of a grief process to let that go. And I will say, I thank uh, the community advisory board um, for helping me get there, um, because this is essentially uh my baby <laughs> and i was like but my baby happens together but knowing that you know at refuge you see people hugging and you see people high-fiving and all these things we basically can't touch each other that isn't in your your circle and so I didn't want to put the distance that you have to have for socially distant gatherings on something like refuge and so to bring that to bring it online is also of many, many benefits. We can do some, we can reach people that won't, wouldn't ever be able to go to a refuge here in Seattle. So um, there's benefits and there's a beauty in that as well. So, but it was, it was, it was sad. I actually, um, I think it was the weekend that I decided that it wasn't happening. Um, Self-care for me has been, uh, sleeping in my tent, <laughs> inside or on my little patio, and I think I put my tent up that weekend to 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 get some self care and some some support from my tent.
0: <laughs> it's it's my happy place. Yeah, some refuge there too. Mm-hmm. Did you always know that it was going to go virtual? Was there any thought of like maybe not do anything this year? We thought
1: about that, but it just, that did not feel, it didn't feel right to be like, we're not going to do anything. You know, I think that it's right for some people and I'm in full support of taking the break, but I felt like we had an opportunity to do something different. So we said we were going to pull together a digital version and just create some community space online for a weekend. We pushed it back to September and said, instead of, we were originally doing refuge here in August, but we said, let's push it to September because if it's August and nice, we'd rather people go outside. But, you know, in September, we will come together and, and just have a, a little camp in for the weekend at home and with community.
0: When Siobhan says it didn't feel right to not do anything, she underlines that she wants to serve and show up for the Black community right now.
1: You know, I will say that right now is a, it can be a hard time for people of color. And that's why I'm excited to do this um, because of the awakening that's happening. Uh, another time that I popped up my tent was when George Floyd and the Cooper situation in Central Park, and then people saying, oh, oh, this is what you say has been happening for the last couple of hundred years. And that is just such a draining and painful experience for some, Mm -hmm. for a lot. Um, And so to be able to do something like refuge, that is just this space of healing in a, for anybody, but particularly for people of color while this awakening in America is happening um, is so important because it's been a stressful, stressful what four, four or five months now between people realizing that there are health disparities, people realizing police brutality for people of color, particularly Black people, men, women, trans folks. The safety that's not there for trans women, uh, specifically black trans women, the fact that people are waking up to the everyday situation that we've been living for so long is exhausting. So if we can do anything that creates even a moment of healing, I want to be able to do that.
0: The themes for this year's Refuge Outdoor Festival, adventure, healing, and boldness, feel almost like they were meant to be.
1: I decided on the theme for this year's festival. It had to be back in January or February. It was right at the beginning of the year. I did a retreat for myself, and it out of that retreat, Thinking about the festival and the other things that I had ahead for this year, that's what came out. And then since the pandemic hit and since the uprising has started, I won't say it's ended because it's still very much still going. It feels very, very relevant to focus on adventure, healing and boldness. Because we need all of those things right now. I knew we would need we need them at any point, but right <laughs> now,
0: <laughs> even more so. Yeah, and I'd say even like look at those three words and think about them and how they like, do you talk about within the festival, like how they overlap too. Because I feel like there's like healing that can happen through boldness, you know, through taking action. There's um, healing that happens on adventure. It's uh, there's so much potential in all three of those words and, and interaction. Yeah, we hope to
1: you know we hope to have some conversations, some like community conversations around that, like how they can overlap, and also like how they play out differently for people of color.
0: Mm.
1: So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see how that all comes about. And I'm, I'm asking a lot of presenters and speakers and folks to, to tell us. Um, What does that mean to you? You know, to get that personal, what does adventure, healing, boldness, when you hear those three words, what does that speak to you? And I think that that's, that's inspirational to hear and also challenging to hear.
0: What are some of the the workshops or the activities that festival goers can look forward to at Refuge this year online?
1: We're going to have
0: concerts. So we'll have some musical performances.
1: Some that we are actually pre-recording and some that will be live in the moment. Uh, We'll also have um, workshops like Wilderness Outdoors 101. um, So some of those basic features and then we for the last two years we've had this experience called the Tea House, which was literally a tent that people held space and made tea for people. And we're trying to figure out the details of how do we do that sort of thing in <laughs> in this virtual world. Um, so you know, having a room where you can literally just go and hang out with people um, and chat and have conversations that sort of thing. And we're playing with the concept of a virtual dinner uh, for one of the nights. So a lot of different, different things, just trying to be creative and how we do it and how we do it safely with people's um, security in mind. But yeah, it'll be different. (laughs) And, you know, some community talks, uh, with different groups and just different individuals. So just a plethora of things, some bird walks, uh, we're trying to figure out if we can do a bird walk in two different locations and have it live stream and then just switch from one computer to the, or, you know, one person's screen if when they have something to the next. So just trying to be really creative with, with what we put out there.
0: Yeah. I love that. How, you know, the first, first two years, you said there were not necessarily tests, but a little bit tests and, and learning through Getting feedback from people, figuring out how everything works together, all of the all the different puzzle pieces that go into events, like a big event like this, and then to add in this whole new layer. And I just love that you see it as an opportunity, you know, an opportunity for more connection an opportunity for more community and for more access. Like it's it's really lovely and really speaks to your values.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I. Yeah,
1: I'm just going to say, yeah, totally. It's totally, I I didn't even think of it that way. I'm just like, well, I I think it's so rooted in what we do. It's like, yeah, it's an opportunity to just make it better and make it more accessible. You know, the disparities that we have in this country are extremely evident right now. And looking at what I'm doing is, it was creating another disparity. And so if there are ways we can change and shift that in this moment and moving forward, then we just need to be bold and do it.
0: How does the community advisory board play in and like help you, you know, because we all have blind spots. So how does working with the board help you think differently and, and make changes that make the event more accessible for more people?
1: the big thing about the community advisory board and we've been, we've been digging into this um, recently is if we don't have community on the community advisory board, we can't create a community on site or with refuge. Mm. And so everyone comes with their own perspective. And also, you know, we've been doing a little bit of practicing of, okay, well, who is not in this space? What is not represented in this space? And what are we doing wrong that that we are not making ourselves or this opportunity or this space um, open to those folks? Um, and not just wanting to ext- extract their their knowledge and their experience, but how do we be? How are we in community with more than just the people in our network? Um, and so, like, having a lot of deep conversations around community access, where our blind, literally just talking about where our blind spots are and what have we done or are continuing to do that continue to allow us to have blind spots. So, it's a lot. We just, a uh, few of us just finished reading mm-hmm. care work. And just like we have to be even more intentional, uh, we have to be even more, I don't know if I want to say radical, but we have to be more open and and accepting of we've created these from our perspectives and there are a million other perspectives out there and we haven't gotten to all of those blind spots and those um, opportunities um, to connect with people, but we will continue to forge ahead and create space for those, those things. And I tell people the community advisory board is is amazing, and they call me out on my stuff, and I was like, I appreciate. I tell them I appreciate it because <laughs> I I want to continue to grow Refuge and to create change in the outdoors as we live in it in the U.S. And I have to learn to learn publicly, and instead of just piecemealing things together publicly, like how do we learn publicly and be vulnerable and say, I don't have it all, but I'm working towards bettering myself so that I can be in better community and relationship with you.
0: Sure. That's, that's humbling at times. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But what a great precedent to set as a leader too, because, you know, I know you see, you don't, necessarily consider yourself you're not like the center of attention but to to be leading with that like type of openness and that type of like it's okay to to have a conversation about our blind spots you know like to to lead that way is only going to accelerate creating the kind of place that that you want to create with refuge
1: absolutely absolutely and it's it's hard it's really hard and you know, I will say I own it and I, doing this work is messy and it'll never be perfect. But I'm here for the challenge and I'm here for the, the, the hard moments and the tough conversations and, and all of that.
0: Another way Siobhan is looking out for festival goers, especially those in the BIPOC community, is thinking about online safety. It's an increasingly important conversation to have. It's very, very important to create a safer space through through Refuge Outdoor Festival, and you're always looking to create safer spaces through everything that you do. And I love, too, that you use, you call them safer spaces and not safe spaces, because, like you said earlier, like the work isn't done, you know, and there's always more that you can do to make a space safer for people. What kind of considerations do you have when it is... A virtual event when you think about how you want to make it safer for for everyone who's included
1: yeah that's a good question and I will say I I have a person on my community advisory board that really challenged the first year of refuge I called it a safe space Mm -hmm. and they challenged me on that notion and I was like Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. You are correct. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I will say that that's how the community advisory board shows up. Mm -hmm. But um, thinking of this in this virtual space, Zoom bombing is real. Even if it's not on Zoom, it can be on whatever platform. So we kind of have a, we're setting up the team that we have volunteers and other folks that are just there in the comments and in certain areas where if we see someone saying anything, we are able to remove and block them immediately. Also, there are going to be workshops and things that are not not open in a way that you can comment or that you can say anything or jump into the space. So it'll be a closed platform and looking into technology that allows you to text in a question. So that's another safety element. Um, So looking at different ways that we can do that and make sure that that part is safe. You know, safety takes on another another bit where we're actually like providing some uh, resource area that, as especially for our white folks that are participating, that you have some basic level of information coming into this space around harm and intent versus impact and ramifications of that if you don't follow. Um, like our community guidelines and things like that. So we're, we're really trying to think through all of those. And if it's a hotline or if it's a Slack channel, when things come up, that you can go to a place and, and kind of be able to, to connect with someone to deal with what's, whatever's coming up. Because um, that's what the tea house was essentially <laughs> back when we were in physical proximity to each other. So just looking at different ways to be like, to take care of the community and to react when things actually do take place. We won't say that nothing will happen because we just, you know, this is our first go at this in this format. And so we just have to be prepared with the team and, and with the, the action plan.
0: Siobhan and I wrapped up our conversation talking about the cumulative impact of community. Refuge lives on after the after the festival and, and people keep making connections. There's just going to be this huge web of, <laughs> of, of, of people, which is sometimes in life you don't see impact or you don't see the impact that you're making. But I mean, over time, you're just going to continue seeing the impact of Refuge. Yeah,
1: I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I've been able to see so much of it already, even, you know, in just like these small moments, I was in a pitch contest and a woman that was the MC. it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so it wasn't able to be live. So I had to give a recorded pitch and she was emceeing the virtual event. And after I finished my pitch, um, she was like, Siobhan, you don't know me. But I know you and I know the work you're doing and just seeing what you do. She started crying and she said just seeing what you do has inspired me to get my kids outside. And literally I'd never like I got emotional. I was like, oh my God, I would give you a hug if we <laughs> we could do that. But just knowing that even people that I don't know or that I don't have a connection to have seen what refuge is and seen like that we are all we all can be outdoors we all can access this stuff is monumental so now her kids are getting outside and may you know have a love for the outdoors may go into something with the sciences may become the next you know bird watching expert or whatever they do or they might just be the kid that knows how to do the things outside that's going to be a ripple effect because then someone else is going to see them in 10 20 years so it's 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 awesome to to just be this this person that said I'm gonna do this thing because I need it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it's impacting so many people.
0: Refuge Outdoor Festival is happening online September 18th through 20th, so mark your calendars. It's geared towards people of color. Allies are welcome. Tickets go on sale soon. Head to their website, refugeoutdoorfestival.com, and subscribe to the newsletter for updates. You can also follow along on social media at Refuge Outdoor Festival. Thank you to Siobhan for taking the time to talk. Thanks to our sponsors, PeakSense and Raycon. Reminder, if you want to share a memory for a day hike, backpacking trip, section hike, or through hike of the Appalachian Trail, head to she-explores.com slash podcast. You can find She Explores on social media, our website, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Instagram at Gail, G-A-L-E, Straub. If you enjoy listening, there are different ways to support us. You can subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. And if you'd like to connect, join us in the She Explores podcast Facebook group. Ad music in this episode is by Lee Rosefair and Swelling using a Creative Commons attributions license. Additional music is licensed through Musicbed. She Explorers is a production of Ravel Media, released on Wednesdays. Until next week, have fun out there.